Friday Tide fans, welcome to week seven of the University of Alabama Adapted Athletics Podcast. As always, I'm Brian Powers and my co-host, Mr. Sean Burns. Coach, how you doing? Doing well. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. Tide fans, this week's podcast is brought to you by ABC Medical. ABC Medical is one of the nation's leading urological supply providers and serves as a one-stop shop. Uh, We want to thank ABC Medical for their continued support of the University of Alabama Adapted Athletics Program. Uh, We actually have the ABC Medical Classic this week coming up, as well as the Powerade Invitational. Um, And then also this week on the podcast, we have uh, University of Alabama men's head coach, Nate Oates, coming in and doing an interview with us. Uh, We're really excited about that. Uh, Coach Oates um, is uh, one of the – is actually the first uh, non-University of Alabama adapted athletics uh, individual that we've had here on the podcast. So we're incredibly excited about that. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about it, I, th- I believe in our first ever episode that we did that, you know, we really kind of wanted to get more involved with some of the uh, other programs on campus, allow them to come on. And, you know, we're excited that he has decided to come and talk to us today. Um, we're actually recording today on 11-11. So uh, we just also want to say uh, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. We hope that you all are um, have a fantastic day, and we thank you for everything that you've done for us. Um, Coach, you want to talk a little bit about uh, this past weekend's events that we had? We had some, we had some pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, inter-squad games going on. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of competitiveness out there this week. Um, we had uh, Thursday night, we had a crimson versus white game. We had another one Friday night, and uh, it went really well. We uh, think everybody got real uh, a lot better. Um, we got a lot of good stuff on tape, um, and it was really cool to kind of see some of the lineups that we're going to be playing out there, uh, you know, throughout the season, working together, um, kind of learning how to play with each other, uh, where to, where they were going to be the most successful at from on the court and things like that. So it was, um, you know, really good week. Looking forward to this week's games versus uh, ABC Medical uh, Team, and um think everybody's ready to go for that yeah no I, I think I mean I think you got to be ready to go I mean it's the first time that you know I, I think that there are going to be some nerves because it is that first time that a lot of these young freshmen and you know a lot even a lot of the young guys are going to get a lot of get a lot of minutes to getting a really against a you know another opponent um mm-hmm. so I I expect them all to perform well um you know from a an announcer standpoint I really felt that I'm going to talk a little bit here on the men's side, then we'll get to the women's side. I really felt that, um, you know, the guy, the guys seem to have a pretty good rhythm throughout mm-hmm. each of their games. I felt that, um, that, that there was, you know, there were times where there was a little bit of miscommunication or um, there was a little bit of, I don't want to call it immaturity, but there was the, some passes and stuff that were made uh-huh. that 
you're gonna they're gonna they're gonna sit there and see on film and they're fixable things you know it's just the little little mistakes um like mental mistakes i guess you'd call it that that were made there and uh but outside of that i really felt that you know five on five everybody looked really solid um a lot of people were making a lot of shots i think the in the second game um one of uh, there was the uh the team with five players on it i believe that was coach Ford's team there was a pretty good amount of you know there wasn't just one particular scorer on the team there were all five guys i think were in double figures or at least four of them were and the fifth guy was at eight points yeah four out of the five had double figures yeah i mean that that to me is impressive because when you can when you can put four or five guys out there that you know can put up double figures it it really for you know forces the hand of the defense that you're you're likely going to have to end up giving up a shot to a guy that can make shots because you can't you can guard all five guys but ultimately you, you can't you're gonna they're gonna have to focus at least on somebody potentially yeah I mean I think you hit the nail on the head there um it's hard to defend a team that can score from you know different levels and with many different people so um it was really encouraging to see that see a lot of um kind of guys step up from last year and really take that on and the thing I was most impressed with was there were some times where it was wild and out of control, like you talked about with turnovers and things like that. But for the most part, a lot, most of the players let the game come to them. And when that happens, you kind of see the results where you, you have four guys in double figures and it, it kind of, it, the game went really smoothly for them. So, um, it's really encouraging going into this game Thursday night. So, yeah. And then uh, to get to the women's side a little bit, um, I know that obviously y'all are busy focusing on your team. So I'm not 100% sure how much that you got to sit there and watch. Um, I know you ran the clock for us in the second game on uh, Thursday night, which I really appreciate that. Helped me out with the uh, with the live stream. So, uh, yeah. but uh, one of the one of the things I feel like with the the women's team, as you know, uh, you know, with the three true freshmen. There were at times some of those chemistry, not like not bad things, like just like little chemistry things where maybe a pass is just like that quarter of a second late where normally from, you know, the past two years, really, it's been boom, boom. It, it, there hasn't been that, you know, they knew where somebody was going to be without ever even looking or, you know, seeing them there. They knew that that's where they were going to be. Oh, for sure. I, but I think that'll come with time. Right? Oh, yeah. The, oh, for sure. The ones that have been here and kind of played together, they all looked really good. Right. And so did the young players. Um, but like you said, timing's just a little bit off. But first weekend of games, you can't yeah. really expect much other than people to play hard and kind of try to execute the game plans that were uh, presented to them by their coach. And I think both teams did that for, for the women. And I know like the men's team did the same thing. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not trying to you know be crit like criticizing by no means because they like you said they absolutely played fantastic. I was like I said I was really impressed. I think um, I think one thing that I was really kind of most impressed with from the women's side um, was the ones and you know like your lower your lower players as you want to quote unquote call them, but your ones and stuff they were really getting inside and and they had some great seals and. That that was one thing that stood out for me from one of the women's is uh, Abby Bollicky, mm -hmm. that she did a really good job there, and um, she was to me she stood out a lot. 
Um, and then obviously everybody else, like you were talking about the older play, we expect, we know what they're going to do. I mean, it seems like night in and night out, even during the, you know, throughout the season, you know what you're going to get from them. So it was really refreshing and really good to see a lot of them also get opportunities that maybe they haven't had in the past few years. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you talk about Abby, I think she probably really understands her role. Um, yeah. And that's a major part of her role. And, you know, she'll get shots here and there, but her job is to help make it easier for the bigs to get in the paint to help make it easier for the team to function on offense and score efficiently. Um, so that you say that I'm, I'm not surprised at all because that's her job. That's her role. And I think she's understood that from playing high school and a little bit internationally and just now here, but you know, that all, all those little things will get ironed out throughout the season with them being, you know, new and, and learning their new roles and things like that. So yeah. One one thing I think that also with the with with both teams is everybody seems really cerebral, if that makes sense. Like they all like you were talking about her knowing like they all seem to know their role, know their job, and and seem to really try to execute what they're supposed to do. And that's one and they kind of also have a really good understanding of the game. And I feel yeah. like you know, especially with younger players or players now, you know, really getting that new, that more, more, more playing time and stuff. That's a key part. Now, if you can come in and you can get that down, everything else will eventually, everything else will follow along. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of just, just basketball players. They understand the yep. game. Um, yep. Coaches, the coach's job, put them in the positions to, you know, succeed and, and understand what their role is. And, I think the women's coaching staff does a really good job of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can kind of see it coming together uh, last week, and you'll see it this week and next week and as the season progresses. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And uh, so like we said, we have, a, we have a tennis event also coming up this weekend. Um, really excited about that. This is going to be – we talked about it on our last podcast with uh, Captain Lauren Hops. Um, and – I'm excited because, like she was saying, it's going to be really their first time getting, like, outside competition to come in and get to play against. Yeah, they're going to have tennis players, not, not like basketball coaching staff. They're going to be, you know, people that train to play tennis. And um, I think they're ready. They've, they've been waiting all semester, I know, for, for some, some matches that um, are going to push them and are going to, you know, make them better and, and – I know a lot of the tennis players are excited from, you know, kind of talking to some of them. Um, so, yeah, look forward to seeing that. Uh, hopefully people tune into the live stream and check that out. And uh, I'll have some nice support for our tennis team this Saturday. Yeah, because that's going to be that's going to be at nine o'clock in the morning. I believe the first match is going to start there at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, and then they're going to take a basically like kind of like a lunch break in a sense. And then they're going to start back up at two. If I if I have the, we're, we'll obviously be posting on all of our social media and stuff like that. But I'm about a hundred percent sure that's when everything gets rolling again. So uh, I think. So, what, what were you saying? That's the game plan. Um, yeah, it would be a very similar format to what we did with the Crimson and White matches. Just okay. uh, they're going to put, I believe, two teams together, and they're going to kind of divide up matches, and they'll play one session in the morning, one session in the afternoon. Um, and uh, that's the format. Yeah. So I, I'm excited. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a good weekend. Um, this is really probably our most 
I don't want to say busiest weekend, but I feel like it's probably like from from a semester standpoint, it's it's definitely been our most uh, I guess full weekend. You know, like normally, you know, we've we've kind of like had a little bit of a we haven't had like just too much going on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I mean, yeah, this is going to be the biggest weekend so far. This will be one of the big busier weekends we've had as a program in our history, I think, because a lot of times we schedule it out where there's not a tennis event and a basketball event the same weekend. Um, and if there is, one's on the road and one's at home and, and all that. So um, it's going to be a huge weekend for our program, but it'd be really cool. There'll be a lot of exposure for us and kind of a lot of opportunities for people to come and check out, check out the athletes perform and, you know, via the live stream and things like that. Yeah. Um, And, you know, what is also, you know, this isn't involving our program right now, but what's also kind of unfortunate, you know, there's not going to be any football on this weekend either for Alabama. So, hey, look, you got, hey, y'all want, y'all need to get your fix in. Come watch us, you know, come watch us play. Um, It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be high quality. I can promise you that. It's going to be a lot of fun as well. Um, But yeah, so, uh, Without further ado, you know, let's get into this uh, interview with uh, University of Alabama basketball men's head coach, Mr. Nate Oates. All righty, tight fans. So welcome to our interview here with uh, Alabama men's head coach, uh, Coach Nate Oates. Uh, coach Oates, how are you and your family uh, doing with everything going on here with uh, COVID? Doing all right. My, uh, my oldest daughter, Lexi, and me had it back in the summer. I... Uh... I guess my the other ones avoided it I, apparently, but we they've done all right. The girls are back in school. They've been going every day. My oldest ones in volleyball. The two younger ones are in soccer. So they've kept busy. I think it's important that they still interact with kids their age. And so I think the sports, getting back into all that stuff's been great. My wife enjoys it here. We look COVID for us wasn't the worst because we're on the lake and we got. Got a lot of boat time. Uh, we got a lot of boat time when everything was shut down. So we had a lot, of, a lot of family time, a lot of time on the lake. It was fun. Well, that's, hey, that doesn't sound too bad to me. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, so uh, you know, just jump right into it. So uh, you know, we know that you started off, you know, as a high school coach, and we know you've talked about it before. But you know, what what was your for you? What has your coaching journey been like? And you know, what are what what are some of the or who are some of the mentors that you've had that you know have helped you kind of develop as a coach as you've moved forward? Yeah, so if we go all the way back, I played Division three basketball at school, Maranatha Baptist. My dad's actually a professor there. He's uh, got his PhD in theology. So I played where I kind of grew up and my dad taught. Then I coached there for three years, so I was a Division three assistant. Then I went to the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, which, by the way, is a, <laughs> yep. is a pretty good uh, – Adaptive basketball program. They uh, they use the same gym we had when I was coaching at Whitewater. So then I so after two years at Whitewater and we won the league both years. That's when I I never really planned to go to high school. I planned on you know D three, maybe get a head job in D three, try to move up to D two, and I would have been really happy if I would have you know stayed as a D three head coach, D D two head coach, something something along those lines, or maybe been a Division one assistant my whole life. Then I I, I had a African-American teammate of mine at Maranatha, Ed Horn, that was from Detroit, moved back home, got a teaching job at Romulus, job, basketball job opens up. They tried to offer it to him. He he didn't want it. He knew how much time it would take to do. So he called me and kind of convinced me in the interview. And I never planned to go to high school, but I, I, I liked that a lot. We had gotten really close. So I 
finally put my stuff in. They, uh, I think Ed pretty much got me the job. They called me, wanted me to interview. I think they had like a hundred applicants. And so, you know, they had a kid, it, ironically enough, this kid, Ron Coleman was committed to Michigan already as a sophomore in high school. He's from the state of Alabama. His mother had sent him up to live with her brother who had moved up to Detroit. So he's living with his uncle up there in Romulus. And so anyways, I take the Romulus job, spend 11 years there, tried to develop as much as, you know, as many relationships as I could. One of the ones that I, I really felt was really helpful to me as a high school coach. And he's great with high school coaches is Tom Izzo. And even now I think, you know, I talked to him over COVID about some different stuff and he, uh, Greg Byrne actually reached out to Izzo unbeknownst to me until after he had hired me and kind of asked Izzo, you know, his thoughts on me, the fact that I went to Michigan State's practices all the time. I mean, I must have been up there hundreds of times watching practice, spending time in the video room, worked their camps, took my team to their team camp every year. So that'd be one of the guys that I'd probably call mentor, but I never actually officially worked under him. But I, you know, I didn't work in division one until Bobby Hurley hired me at Buffalo after 11 years as a high school coach. So Bobby Hurley would be another one. His brother, Danny, gotten to be a close friend of mine, kind of my relationship with Danny helped me get the job with Bobby. Bobby was great to work for. Then one other guy, I, you know, I probably need to mention a guy, Greg McDermott at Creighton has been great to me. I sent two players to play at Iowa state. His wife went through a cancer bout. He, uh, he reached out to me and was unbelievable to both me and my wife and has been since just, and kind of mentoring me through what it was like to be a division one head coach with your wife going through a fight with cancer like mine did. So there's been people that have kind of come alongside me as, uh, through my journey. And those are a few. That's awesome. I, we, you know, we, um, a lot of young coaches kind of are listening to this and, and me being a young coach myself, I, I'm kind of curious. Um, what do you think were probably like three to five keys that have gotten you to where you are now being a division one SEC head coach? It's a good question. One, let me preface it with this. I, I think, you know, God's been really good to me. Like I could have done everything I did and still been a high school coach, which would have been great. I got to the point in my life where I was going to be comfortable staying a high school coach my entire life. Like, but, you know, God gave me the good fortune to get some breaks in life. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I got a few breaks that a lot of people don't get. There's some really good high school coaches that still coach in high school and they're, they're great coaches. So having said that, I'll give you a few that I think if you, you know, if you are trying to get here, there's a few things that I would say to make sure you're doing to help that, whether it ends up happening or not. I think, you know, you're going to have to catch some breaks in life, but one is you got, you got to be really hardworking. Like I, I, people say, you know, how much harder is it in division one than high school? Shoot, it's easier to be honest with you. In high school, I didn't have 10 people working for me. You know, I, I was the guy doing the individual workouts at 6 a.m. every morning before school. I, I was, you know, doing all the video breakdown. I was the academic coordinator. I was the nutritionist. I, I was all of it. You know, and I, I now I, I was able to get some pretty good guys to come along and help. One of my assistants here, Charlie Henry, I hired right out of high school. I say hired. He came to work for free for me at Romulus for a year you know, to try to get in the business. But I think in high school, you got to work. And we, me and my assistant, Josh Baker, that was my point guard in college that moved out from Connecticut to help me at Romulus. We just said, when we got there, like, we're going to outwork everybody else in the entire state of Michigan and, and, and see what happens. And I felt like that's what we did in those 11 years at Romulus. Now, 
you know, there's some other stuff. Maybe I should have done a little better. I think some of that hard work, you gotta, you know, I had a wife and kids at home and I probably should have spent a little bit more time at home, but I, you, you've got it. You've got to work hard and then, you know, still have your life as well. But that's one, two is I think you got to build connections. So the, the hard work combined with the connections, I think is what got me in under Bobby Hurley. So I personally drove my kid E.C. Matthews that ended up committing. He was a top 100 player that committed to Rhode Island before Danny ever coached a job. But I drove E.C. and Wes Clark on, on a road trip to where they visited UConn because UConn had offered both of them and then Rhode Island. And the kid ends up committing to Rhode Island without ever taking an official visit. Well, if you're not going to work hard at building the connections, like nobody's going to hire you. I'm not hiring somebody that I don't know. You know, I'm – one exception, I came in here to Alabama and I hired Petway, who has been here, but he had recruited the whole roster and was an unbelievable person. I got to know him over the course of a week and a half. But everybody that I, that you know that wasn't here already, like Petway or you know my trainer Clark, who's great, all those everybody that I brought in with, like I I had to know them. I'm not just hiring people like off a resume. So if you don't build connections and really build real connections, you're probably not going to get hired either. And it, we used to, me and Josh used to go every fall, whether it was an NBA training camp or a college, and a lot of times both, we tried it because NBA would start before college. We would go somewhere and sit and watch practice. We spent a week at Pepperdine when Vance Wahlberg, you know, his first year at Pepperdine. We went to, I've been to Bucks training camp, Bulls training camp when Charlie was there, Pacers training camp. Cavs training camp, Celtics training camp. You know, we spent a week uh, at different. As a matter of fact, that was the first time I talked to Bobby Hurley. We called Wagner, trying to go watch Wagner, like first week of practice when Danny Hurley first got there, and Bobby was the assistant. That's when I first connected with Bobby Hurley, trying to go out there and watch that when Bob Hurley Senior was going to be there. So, work hard. You know, work smart. Like study the game, build connections. Those would be three things I would say in addition to. You know, you got to catch some breaks in life, too. Um, kind of switching gears here. How, how's things going with your team? How's training? How's practice? How's all that going? You know what? Pretty good. I mean, it's, it's been a little different. You know, usually you go from they give you and, you know, you guys kind of know some of the rules. I'm not sure if you guys have the exact same rules we have. But yeah. in the summer, you get four hours a week on the floor, four hours in the weight room. And then, you know, it goes right to the season where all of a sudden you get four hours a day for you know, five days a week. Well, they had a little transition period this year. So it's a little bit different. They gave us eight hours on the floor for a few weeks before we got to the uh, practice. So we've been going at it for a while. And we got here, the, you know, the beginning of June, been working out since the middle of June, had a short shutdown due to COVID. So I feel like our guys are ready to play somebody else. I think the practices have been intense. They've been good. We've been trying to make every Saturday for the last month or so an inter-squad scrimmage day just to do something different than normal monotonous practice, but we're ready to play somebody. I mean, it's two weeks. We're two weeks out and we're ready. I look, I don't know. Some days, you know, is our offense that good or is our defense that bad? I, you know, I don't know. Is our, you know, on another day, is our defense that great or did our offense just stink today? Like which, which one is it? Like it'd be yeah. nice to play somebody else and get a better, better feel for where that's at. So, but I think practice has been going great. We've been able to still have, stay healthy with the exception of uh, Alex Chiku, which was disappointing, but he's, he's a great kid. He's going to learn a lot while he's sitting out. We're going to try to get him bulked up to where he's, I, I mean, I think he can put some real weight on. So 
Everything's looking good, though. Rojas is back from his injury well. Jawan's almost back. He can do half-court stuff, so hopefully he gets back here soon. But I, I like where we're headed at. Yeah, no, we were uh, – that was uh, going to actually be one of the questions it was talking about, um, you know, it, it was basically kind of your players transitioning from, you know, last – you know, your first year here, you know, you're coming in, they're transitioning into a new system. Now you have COVID coming in, and now you're – it's your first full recruiting class coming in with – uh, and also some grad transfers as well. And so I was, we were just curious, you know, how has, how have the incoming players tra transitioned so far into your system and, and how have like your senior leaders with, you know, Herb Jones and, and Petty really kind of helped with that transition for, of those guys? Yeah. So, you know, Herb and Petty both back along with Alex Reese, we've got three seniors that have been here for three years. I think, you know, They've stepped up as leaders. I think they've been great with the young guys. We've got a lot of new guys. So we've only got four players currently on the roster that have ever played a game for Alabama before. And, you know, those three seniors we mentioned and then Jaden Shackelford in addition. So I think those four guys have tried to really help these new guys along. Now, Jordan Bruner's been in college for four years. He, he's a grad transfer. You know, he's been in college athletics longer than anybody else on the roster. And he's highly intelligent great leadership skills. Like he's been good to add to the mix. So those four seniors with Bruner, Herb, Petty, and Reese have been really good. Some of the new guys, you know, they're not all freshmen. So like Javon Quinterly has been in college. Javon Quinterly's going to turn 22 years old at the beginning of the season. He's old with some experience and, and is a really good player and been in our program for a year, just hasn't been able to play a game. So he's adjusting great for being a new guy. I think James Rojas, who's been here a year, practiced some before he blew his knee out last year. He's come along great. He knows what we want. We've got a relationship with him. So, you know, those three guys with Bruner, Rojas, and Quinterly are all a little bit older, more mature, experienced, even though they're new to the program. And some of the, you know, and then Keon Ellis is a junior college guy. He's still played two years of college basketball. And he's, so he's not a freshman. So we've got some new guys that haven't played a yeah. basketball game here but not new to college basketball. So there's four guys. When you add those four in addition to the four that have played games for us before, you've got a pretty good group of eight guys with some experience. Now, some of the young guys, I mean, Josh Primo's really, really talented. He's going to be great. I mean, he's, shoot, he's right in the mix is like, you know, whether yeah. he starts or closes games, he's going to be in the mix of all that for us. And I think he's come along great. He's got a high IQ and he works really hard. I also think uh, Keon Ambrose is going to help us a lot. Darius Miles, the other freshman. So we've got – I think the transition's going great. I think our leadership's been good. I think guys are learning how to play with each other. I think the chemistry's coming along pretty well. And and you mentioned it previously. Um, I'm going to kind of combine two questions here because um, we had two that are that are similar to this that kind of go together. And, you know, you talked a, you talked a little bit earlier about you know, your, your, your guys are ready to play against an opponent, you know, two weeks out. Um, I noticed that the SEC just released the conference schedule uh, for this year. Um, is it, do you think it's important to obviously not look too far ahead? And as a coach, do you, do you kind of trust those older experienced guys to kind of not end up doing that where you're able to focus on the opponent that is the one that's going to be the upcoming opponent? Yeah, I, we've tried. We haven't even really talked about the SEC schedule with our guys. We've been talking about that Jacksonville State game and the Maui deal, you know, playing four games in the first eight days of our 
of our schedule. It's it's going to be tough. Jacksonville State came in here two years ago and yep. whipped Alabama in, in a close scrimmage before I got here. So, I mean, they, they know that they're good. They're well coached. You know, he does a great job. They've got high major players. So we haven't looked at the, the conference schedule that much. I do know we play Kentucky twice in the first month of the season, which they're obviously always really good. You know, we've got, you know, if you look at the teams that we play twice, Right. We've got some of the better teams in the league that we play yes, twice. But again, you know, we're trying to make the NCAA tournament. I don't mind playing better teams twice. Like let's, our, our strength of schedule is going to be really high. Even our non-conference schedule, you know, usually you get 13 non-conference games. We only get nine this year. One of those is the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge with Oklahoma, which is in January. So we only get eight games before SEC play starts. You look at those eight games, we probably play three high majors in Maui. We play Clemson on a neutral in Atlanta, and then we've got Houston at home. So there's five yeah. out of those eight are against high major teams. The three mid-majors are all really good with a chance to win their league. Jacksonville State, you know, and Furman and uh, East Tennessee State. So there's no easy games on our schedule, but that's the way we wanted it this year. You know, when they reduce the four games, let's not – take the four hardest games off the non-conference schedule. We kind of drop the, the bottom games off the schedule and stay with stay with some quality non-conference games. You mentioned in Furman. I, I remember Furman coming in here, coming to Tuscaloosa. I can't remember how long ago it was, but they had one point guard that I remember, like shooting guard, that just absolutely lit it up in the second half and played really well the last time that they came here. Well, they um, came here last year. Last year. We, was it last we year? We played them last year. Right. And they gave us a tight game. And then if you right. remember – they went to Auburn and should have beat Auburn at Auburn. Yeah. It, went, it ended up going to overtime. You know, Auburn Auburn won a lot of close games last year, and that's something right. we've talked about as, as our program. We were four and seven. Right. In games decided by one or two possessions. I think Auburn might have been ten and one. Like we we've and and that's something we're working on as a staff, like executing late game, playing more in the game situation type stuff and practice, all that. So but yeah, Furman's good, and they're going to be yeah. really good again this year. Absolutely, yes, sir. Um, and uh, Coach Barnes, you got you got another question here? Yeah, we got we got kind of a fun question for you. Who's the best shooter on the coaching staff? <laughs> That's a good question. Look, look <laughs> I mean, if this is going to be out there, so maybe this is going to get back to the staff. I so look, I'm going to take myself out of the mix. I I I. I I could shoot. Maybe I win a contest. I don't think I'm the best one on the staff. I'll give you a, a few options. Like now, Coach Hodgson's a big, but he's like you know he's he he calls himself like the uh, the modern big before before it was modern. You know he he likes to shoot a lot of threes and pick up games. Charlie Henry can really shoot. Petway might need like the more mid range or the old college three point line to step in. Like I think Charlie's got a little bit better range on it. I um trying to think who else. Uh, so we got some GAs that that, yeah. that 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 you know Derek Rangstad played uh Division One basketball. He he might be in the mix. I if I had to put my money on it though, I think I'm probably taking Charlie Henry to be honest. You know he's he's like yeah. he's got the other thing going too. Like his dad was a coach. He's a coach's son, so he grew up in the gym. Played for his dad in high school. Then his dad took a small college job. He plays for his dad in college, so he can shoot whenever he wants too, right? Like he's got. Yeah. I'm talking about. Outside of the game and in the game, both, right? Like outside, yeah, he did whatever he wanted growing up. And then <laughs> in the game, he's firing it up. You know, he's a coach's son, so he, he gets to shoot away. So I'll put my money on Charlie. 
Awesome. Yeah. And then, hey, you know, we know that you've got, like we said, you've got your meeting coming up here shortly. Um, so uh, last question here, uh, you know, NBA draft is coming up. And from everything I've seen, I know Kyra's projected to, you know, to be drafted pretty high. Um, what what has it been like for you for you as a staff to be able to kind of help him prepare for, you know, the draft and everything leading up to after he is drafted and where he's going to be going? So it's a good question. It's a little different this year than what normally would be. Right. So with the COVID and then basically school was done once our season was yeah. done, you know, he went through the agent process, hired an agent. He basically has been working out with his agent and trainers that way because we couldn't even get into our gym for a long time right. here. So most years, while he was still in school here, we would have been working him out every day. Right. And th- this year, it wasn't able to be that way. So what we've done now, what we did to help him was going back to a year ago when we first got here, trying to really sit down, put him in a system that we thought really was great for him. And I think it turned out to be great for him. I think his draft stock went way up. So I think we've helped him in how we played, how we developed him last summer, last fall, during the year, all the video work we've done with him you know, build him up, get his confidence going. Once our season was done, the only thing we personally have been able to do much of is really answer a lot of questions. All the, I mean, every NBA team's called me, a lot of my assistants, like, I mean, they've called everybody in the program, they, our trainer, our strength coach, our, I mean, shoot, we, we heard a team called a couple of our managers just to like do background checks to see, you know, what's he like as a kid. Now he's a great kid, but like, yeah. I think that's smart, right? Like right. if, yeah, if you're trying sure. to figure out what a guy's really like, ask the managers how they get treated. Because sometimes yeah. the, the guys that are not high character guys treat the managers like dirt when in reality they're human beings just like us. And we stress that. And Kyra's a good kid to where he wouldn't do that. But yeah, NBA teams have called everybody in our program about him. And I think it looks great. He's trending up. I hope he ends up in the lottery. Shoot, he might end up in the top 10. But he definitely played his way into like, Worst case scenario, mid first round, in my opinion, where if you look at some draft boards a year ago, you know, before his, he was maybe late to on late second round undrafted on a lot of them. So he's done, he's done a lot for himself over the last year. Right. And and also something that you just said that stuck out to me talking about how, you know, they, they've called the managers to kind of see how they treat it. I think that's, that's really awesome. And, you know, even for the guys now on your, on the, on the team now, you know, maybe that's an eye opener that, Hey, if, they have these aspirations of going to the next level that they're going to end up be looking at all the, all my character, you know, all my characters, you know, or, and everything like that, who I am as a person. So um, hopefully that they're able to do that and develop, you know, a little bit there too. So um, we made that point to our guys, like, I mean, who you are, whether, you know, whether it's my boss, the AD, the president here, or whether it's the janitor, they should all be treated with respect. You know, they're all right. They're all human beings. We're all we're all equal on that level. Now I may have to answer to my boss, like, yeah. you know, where, right. like I don't have to answer to the janitor or whatever. But I, they should still be treated equally with respect, just like the manager should be treated with respect, like the head coach should be treated with respect in our program. So we let our players know, let, and don't don't do it in case they call right, a manager, right, 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 you know, because right. it's the right way to be as as a human being. Right. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well. Coach Oates, we really appreciate you coming on here, man. We know that you're busy. I know that y'all have got a lot going on with the season coming up in two weeks. And, uh, you know, we wish you, your staff, your players, all your families, uh, you know, the best of health and everything moving forward. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thank right. you, Coach. Roll, 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 roll Tide. Roll Tide.
yeah, that was that was awesome. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was really cool. You know, um, it was just man, he's a, by the way, like I've heard him talk a little bit before, um, and you know, seen some inter- man, the guy. I, I really appreciated his, you know, how in detail he went with a lot of the things. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, and and how it seemed like he was like he's very humble to me. That's what that was my initial my initial thoughts of the interview there. It's just like, man, what a good, humble guy. Yeah. I, I, biggest thing for me was how he talked about respect at the end. Um, yeah. um, I think just taking 30 minutes to talk with us, man, like just kind of respecting what we're doing over here and respecting Alabama sports like that's incredible. I think he's a great guy. Um, I've seen him run his practices before. He's always welcoming to people to come in and check it out and, and you see he's just giving back he did the same thing when he was coming up as a as a coach um and so you know i think that's great to see it's great to have a guy like that on our campus you know rolling with us yeah yeah no absolutely great representative for the university for sure um and you know um one of the cool things that he was talking about with his mentors um you know you never really get to see you never get to see those things that your college, you know, collegiate coaches do, you know, he's talking about his relationship with Tom Izzo and how Izzo would allow him to come in, watch, like watch video film, like, you know, all those different things. And then um, also talking about uh, coach McDermott um, reaching out to him, um, you know, the university of Creighton head coach reaching out to him about his experience whenever his wife got sick and um, you know, helping kind of guide him and providing some advice for him moving forward as a coach that, you know, that's something that they're having to go through. Cause I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, there's probably a lot of people, if not everybody on this planet has had to deal with somebody that they know and loved and care about that have to, that's, that's gone through something like cancer. So I, that to me, I also grew a lot of respect for coach McDermott and, and those coaches that he was talking about there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's great to hear. I, you know, yeah. 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 So, uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, coming up here, uh, you know, we want to go in back into, you know, let's talk about a little bit more of our events coming up this weekend. We've got uh, game basketball games on Thursday and Friday um, against ABC Medical. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we've got tennis event this weekend. What what are what is uh what are you what are you looking forward to here this weekend, Coach? Uh, looking forward to well, a little bit of all the events, you know. Um, Excited to see our kids out there competing against somebody other than each other. Um, so it's going to be awesome to see um, everybody play. I know the, um, the boys are excited to play the uh, ABC team. Um, and, you know, we're, I think we're in a, a good spot so far for this point of the season. Um, and, you know, just excited to see what they, what they can put out there and what kind of product see kind of where we're at as a team. Um, I think Coach Oates talked about it a lot. You don't know if if it's your offense is really good that day or your defense is really bad that day. Um, well, we're about to find out kind of where we are as a team on uh, Thursday and Friday night, and, and I, I think we're in a good spot. I really do. Um, we got guys um, putting in a ton of work off the court or outside of gym time. Um, effort's always really high in practice, so – um, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to kind of see uh, our tennis team kind of compete against some pretty high level players that are coming from around kind of the Southeast. 
Um, I think that'll be a nice challenge for them and um, everybody will get some, some pretty high quality matches there. And then of course, you know, I'm going to be hopping in against the women's team um, playing with ABC. So uh, I don't know how that's going to go, but we'll see. We got a, uh, we got some, myself and coach Ford, a couple other players. I think Babsy's going to play with us. So uh, excited to see that and just kind of see where our team's at, where our program's at. I think everybody's in a good spot from what I've seen. Um, and it's going to be a good weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, so once again, Tide fans, we uh, really appreciate you tuning in here. Once again, the, our podcast this week brought to you by ABC Medical. So, Tide fans, we really hope that you enjoyed our uh, interview with uh, Coach Nate Oates as much as we did. Um, once again, we'll be uh, having events this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So be sure to uh, follow along with us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you can just search in the University of Alabama Adapted Athletics, and you'll be able to find us. So uh, once again, thank you all for uh, – tuning in we hope that you have a uh, great weekend we hope that uh, you've had a great veterans day and uh, once again hope you tune in this weekend roll tight